Good morning, Echo Lake. It is great to see you. If I'm looking at you a little bit differently than I have in the past, it is because uh, I am still getting used to seeing the bottom half of your faces. I, I said to Jen, my wife, last week, we came for the first time uh, with the, the optional mask piece, and we started attending Echo Lake in the pandemic. So I have never seen your whole face until like last week. So I, if I look at you like I don't know who you are, I'll be honest with you, I don't because I, I'm not used to this. It, do this for me and it'll help me a lot more. But it's so great to see your, your shining, beautiful, smiling faces. Uh, I'm excited to open God's word with you. Everybody that's joining at home, welcome. It is good to have you with us here virtually as well. Uh, we're gonna dive into God's word this morning. We're actually in between series right now as a church. If you've been following along, we just wrapped up our series through the book of Esther, where we've been talking about how God's at work all around us, even if we can't see him. And so we've been following Esther's journey to see how God used her, how God moved in her life and through her and how he can do the same in ours. And before we jump into the next series in the upcoming weeks, Pastor Jeff just asked me to come and just share a message, whatever God puts on my heart to share. Uh, and so I've been taking some time to think and, and pray and really just sit with the Lord about what he wants us to talk about and dive into this morning. And I believe he's got a word of encouragement for us that he wants us to here, but I also believe it's a, it's a word of, of challenge as well. If you have your Bible, would you meet me in the book of Psalm 139? If you don't know where Psalm is, basically just take your Bible, open it up to the middle, and you're probably going to hit it, and then just head to the right a few pages, and you'll probably hit Psalm 139. Now, I love the book of Psalms. Uh, as Heather mentioned, we run a nonprofit, a ministry that works with families and, and couples, and our whole nonprofit is built off of actually Psalm 23, uh, because we just, we love how God spoke to to David and through David as he wrote most of these psalms. Uh, and so today I want to dive into another one of my favorite psalms, and that's Psalm 139. And uh, I want to ask you a question while you're making your way there. How many of you would say that your prayer life could use a little bit of a boost? Now, I don't want you to, uh, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to single you out or anything like that. But, you know, just think about it in your, in your head, in your heart. How many of you would say, you know what, my, my prayer life, it could use a little bit of a boost. You, you may say, okay, well, I pray, you know, I pray in the morning. I pray at night. I pray before I eat. I pray, you know, when I'm driving or, or whatever it may be. But, you know, I would love to see my prayer life kind of go to that next step and that next level. How many of you would say that, that that's you, that you would like to see your prayer life get to that place? You know, a study was done not that long ago where they surveyed a very large group of pastors and they asked them this question. They said, how many of you would say you are content with your prayer life? And the interesting response was not one of them said, yes, they were. Every single one of them said, nope, not at all. I would love to see my prayer life get to that next level or take that next step. So if you're here this morning and you said, yeah, I, I would like to see my prayer life get to that next level, you're not alone. In fact, I think all of us would probably say that our prayer lives could use a little bit of a boost, right? We would probably say, if we were honest with ourselves, that our prayer lives are not where they want us to be. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at how we can take our prayer lives, how we can take our conversation with our creator and take that next step 
in it, how we can take that next step to have a better conversation, to have a better connection with our King and our Creator. And I wanna do that by looking at Psalm 139 because Psalm 139 is actually a prayer that David is making to God. It's a prayer that he is having. It's a conversation that he is having with his King and his Creator. And I believe that in this chapter, in this conversation, we see from King David three keys to a better connection and a better conversation with our creator. So let's read it together and then let's unpack it. Psalm 139, I'm gonna read the whole thing uh, so that we can get the context and then we're gonna break it apart uh, piece by piece. This is Psalm 139, he says, David is speaking, he says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If, my, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father, I just thank you so much for the privilege that we have to dive into your word this morning. Lord, prayer, the ability to have a conversation with you, our creator and our king, is one of the greatest gifts you've ever given us. So Lord, I pray that today we would take a hold of that gift that we would not just look at this as a simplistic talk or message, but as a challenge for us to examine our hearts and our lives and see how we can better connect with you. Father, I pray that you would protect our hearts and our minds this morning. There is many things that are fighting for our attention, even in this very moment. But God, I believe with all my heart that you want every person that is watching and, and, and sitting in this room this morning to be here now. 
And so, Father, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to put aside the distractions, to put aside the things that we are worried about, that we are anxious for, that we are thinking about, and help us to be here now, focused on you and what you want to say to our hearts in this time. Father, let this be a time where we know you more and we learn more of how to connect with you and live as your sons and daughters. And I pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. So how do we boost our prayer lives? How do we, what are the keys that we need to unlock a healthier connection and conversation with our King? Well, King David starts out by saying this. He says, God, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I stand, you know when I go out, when I lay down. If I go to the heights, you're there. If I go to the depths, you're there. No matter where I am, Lord, you are already there. David starts out this Psalm with, I believe, the first key that we need to recognize if we truly wanna have a healthier conversation and connection with our King. And that is this, if you want to have that connection with your King, if you want that healthier conversation, you need to be willing to acknowledge his access into your life. If you want that healthier connection with your King, that healthier conversation, you must be willing to acknowledge his access into your life. David says, God, I know that no matter where I go, you are there. I see that your hand is everywhere. I recognize that in the big scope of the world, in the big scope of the universe, there has never been a moment in my life, there has never been an instance, there has never been a step that I have taken that you have not already been present in. And there will never be a time where you are not present with me. David begins this conversation with his king by acknowledging the access, by acknowledging the magnitude of his creator. By saying, I recognize God that you are so much bigger than anything I've ever experienced. And I believe that if we want that healthier conversation with our creator, we need to begin by acknowledging the access that he has to our lives. We need to begin by admitting and saying, God, I know, I believe that there has never been a moment in my life where you have not been present. That there will never be a step that I will take that you are not already there and are not taking it with me. David paints this, this big picture. And we read the beginning of this, this chapter, we read the beginning of this conversation and we see this and it feels very comforting to us, right? It's very comforting to think that, wow, I have access to the God of the universe. I have access. I have the ability to have a conversation whenever I want with the one who spoke the planets into being, with the one who is ever present every moment of every day. That should bring us comfort as sons and daughters of the creator, but it should also challenge us like it did David. 
If you notice the progression that David gives here in this description of how big God is, he starts with this 30,000 foot view. God, the heights, the depths, the seas, the mountains, the valleys, everywhere that I go, you're there. But then I think what happens is, as David acknowledges the access that God has to his life and to his creation, he realizes, whoa, hold on a second. If God's everywhere, he's in here also. And he's in here also. Because look at what David begins to say. His voice changes in his conversation. He starts in verse 13 by saying, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Do you notice the difference in the the progression that David is experiencing here as he acknowledges the access that God has to his creation? He says, God, you're everywhere out here and you're everywhere in here. He says, you perceive my thoughts. Before a word is on my lips, you knew it. And there's this revelation, there's this realization, there's this this understanding that God, there's nothing about me that you don't already know. Not only are you everywhere out here, not only are you guiding and directing and ordaining every step, but you are present in every thought. You are present in every word. And that's a staggering thought for David. And I wonder, is it for you as well? Is the fact that there is nothing in all creation, there is nothing in your heart, there is nothing in your mind, there is nothing that comes from your lips that your creator does not already know, cause you to step back and say, whoa. I think the first key that we need to understand, if you want to bring your prayer life to that next level and you wanna have a healthier, closer connection is recognize the access that he has into your lives. I believe the reason that many of our prayer lives struggle, I believe that the reason many of them struggle is because we've been fighting so hard to deny God the access that he already has in our lives. Let me say that again. I believe our prayer lives are struggling because we have been fighting so hard in our lives to deny God the access that he already has. Do you know how exhausting it is to try to keep things from God? Maybe you've been there. Well, I can't talk to God about this. What if he knows that I had this thought? What if, what if he, he hears this thing that I did? I can't tell him that. I don't want him to, to know this. I don't want him to see that. And so we work so hard and so hard and so hard to try to deny the access. God, I don't want you to see me like this. I don't want you to know this. I don't want you to observe this about me. So we're gonna hide and hide and hide and hide and hide. When the reality is he was there when it happened, he's here in the moment and he's gonna be here as you walk through it. So why are we fighting so hard to deny the access that God has already had in our lives? 
if you want a closer conversation, a better connection with your king, acknowledge the access. Can I tell you there's something so freeing that will take place in your life, that will take place in your heart when you acknowledge the access that God already has in your lives. When you stop trying to pretend, stop trying to hide, stop trying to cover up, stop trying to change the way that you talk, the way that you act for God, because you think, well, maybe if I do this, he won't see this over here. And so we keep trying to hide and hide and hide. And then we wonder why we feel so disconnected. We wonder why we feel like we can't have that close, intimate conversation with him. It's because we're trying to deny him the access that he already has. We've got to acknowledge it. We've got to embrace it. And we've got to let it challenge us. David says, God, you're everywhere. That's incredible. But wow, it's staggering to think, Lord, that you know every thought that's in my mind, every word that comes out of my tongue. And he, he continues on in his conversation. And I believe that his heart is so stirred by that thought. Because as you can see in the rest of this chapter, it completely changes. The way that David is, is talking to God completely changes. I don't know if you caught this, but listen to this, right? We, we finished this, this powerful, beautiful picture of God and his thoughts and his abilities to be present and, and to be knowing us and, and, and walking with us. And then listen to verse 19. If only you, God, would slay the wicked, Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. I'll be honest with you. Maybe this didn't happen for you. But for me, I read these verses <clears throat> after this beautiful picture of who God is. And I think, well, that took a right turn. Right? That escalated kind of quickly. We're talking about how amazing God is. And then, he's, and then David says, hey, God, can you kill these wicked people? God, can you, can you get rid of these bloodthirsty people? Get, get rid of them for me. And I'm reading this and I'm like, what is going on here, David? But you know, the interesting thing is, I believe what happened in David's conversation is this. When he acknowledged the access that God had into his life and he recognized that God knew the thoughts that he had, the words that he was speaking, David felt the freedom and the permission to bear his burdens and go beneath the surface in his conversation. Now, context is king in this passage because what's happening when David is having this conversation is this, David's on the run because David has a group of people that hate him. He has a group of people that want nothing more than for him to be dead. They don't like the way that he leads. They don't like the God that he serves. They don't like the life that he lives. And so he has this group of people that say, nothing would make our lives more complete than for you to be out of the picture. And so David is on the run and he knows these guys are after him. He knows this is happening in his life. And so he makes these statements saying, God, I, I just wish that these, these things these people would be gone. I don't like the way that they're, they're talking about me. I don't like the way that they're talking about you. I don't like the picture that they're painting. I wish they were gone. What's David doing here? He's bearing his burdens by going beneath the surface. There's our second key to a healthier communication and conversation with your king. 
We've got to be willing to go beneath the surface in our conversation. We've got to be willing to let God in and access who we are and what we are wrestling with, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You see, I think many of us try to pretty up our prayers, right? We like to pretty them up when we talk to God. We like to talk about, you know, I, I'm a little upset, God, but, but I believe that everything will work out and, and all things work for the good of those who love him and, and, and nothing will happen to me today that, that I can't handle, which is not in the Bible, by the way, but that's another, that's another one for another day. But we like to pretty up our prayers, when in reality, what God wants us to do is go beneath the surface. Talk about what's really there. Talk about what's really on your heart. Talk about what you're really wrestling with and what you're really going through. Why? Because that's where real connection takes place. I guarantee you that if you were to think right now, do it, try this with me. In, in your heads, think about this. Think about the closest connection, the closest relationship that you have in your life right now with someone, whether it's a spouse, a friend, a family member, whatever it is, the closest connection that you have, the, the best friend that you have, who is it? Don't, don't say it out loud, but just think about it. I guarantee you that whoever you're thinking about right now, the reason you are so close and so connected is because you did life together, because you were real with each other, because you bared your burdens with each other, because you went beneath the surface with each other because you are willing to say, here's what's going on in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here, I'll let you in to that. And you let that person in to walk through it with you. I guarantee that that happened in your life and that's why you're so close. Well, if that's what gets us that kind of a connection with our earthly relationships, how much more will that happen with our heavenly father? When we allow him in to the deep places beneath the surface, of what we're struggling with, of what we're wrestling with, what we're frustrated by, what we're afraid of. David is, is speaking here and he says, these guys, they're driving me crazy. I wish they were dead. Talk about an honest, real, raw prayer. But I believe that he went to that place because he acknowledged the access that God had in his heart and his mind. And he said, God, since you already know it, here it is, I'm gonna put it out there. And I wonder, have you done the same in your relationship, in your conversation with your heavenly father? Do you have those beneath the surface type of conversations? Well, what do they look like? They look like this. Here's, here's the difference between a surface and a beneath the surface prayer. God, we're struggling financially. Can you provide the money to pay our bills? Is there anything wrong with that prayer? Absolutely not. But I would call that an on the surface type of a prayer. What does a beneath the surface type of prayer look like? Well, hey God, I'm really struggling in life right now and I'm really unhappy and there's something that's not right inside of me. And you know what? It feels really good to go spend money that I don't have. And I've been spending a lot more than I should have because I've been trying to numb something that I can't put my finger on. And now I have this debt and I don't know how I'm gonna pay it off. So Lord, can you help me get to the bottom of what's going on here that's causing this? Do you see the difference 
between a surface prayer and a beneath the surface prayer. Here's another example. God, my teenage son or daughter freaks me out. I, I don't know how to talk to them and, and it, they're, they're terrifying me and I'm really disconnected from them. Can you just repair that relationship? Again, surface type of prayer. Anything wrong with it? Nope. But let's go beneath the surface. God, my teenager is freaking me out because I don't understand the world that they live in. It looks different than anything I've experienced in my entire life. I don't understand the words that they use, the apps that they have. I don't know how to connect with them in these ways. And so because of my fear, I've retreated and withdrawn from them. And now there's this gap between me and them. Can you help me have the courage to pursue that relationship? See the difference? We'll do one more. God, my wife and I, we just don't have that intimate connection like we used to have. Can you just help our relationship get back together? Anything wrong with that prayer? Absolutely not. But let's go beneath the surface here. God, I'm struggling because I can't see a woman walk past me on the street without thinking something that I shouldn't be thinking. I don't trust myself to be home alone without doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And because I've been acting in these ways, I have no desire to connect with my wife because I feel shame, guilt, and now I feel completely disconnected from her. Can you help me work on these things so that we can repair this relationship? See the difference? Surface, go beneath the surface. We've got to be willing to let God in. We've got to be willing to have the honest, real, raw conversation with him. so that he can meet us in those places and walk with us through them. David says, God, these guys are driving me nuts. I just wish they would be gone. I hate them. I hate the way that they treat you or talk about you. I hate the way that they treat me. He's bearing his burdens. He's going beneath the surface. He doesn't just say, hey God, you know, life's a little tough right now. So if you could just do something about it, it would be great. No, he names it, he identifies it. He goes beneath the surface. He, he bears his burdens, he pours out his heart. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I wonder, do you do that as you pray? Do you do that in your conversations with your creator? If you want a healthier connection, if you want a healthier conversation, we need to be willing to acknowledge the access that he already has and bear our burdens by going beneath the surface. Not that long ago, I was out running some errands and I bumped into an old friend from high school. This was a guy that I had hung out with almost every weekend all through high school. We were as close as close could be when we were you know, 17, 18 years old. Life got in the way, we graduated, we went to college, you know, we, all, we went our separate ways. I hadn't seen him for a decade plus, right? And then all of a sudden I was running errands not that long ago and I bumped into him out of nowhere. And we're like, oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. And we're like, hey, let's, let's catch up. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Great. So we set up a time 
We, we get together a few days later. We sit down. Hey, how's it going? Great. We're having conversation. You know, oh, I, I do this for work. This, I, you know, I got married this time. I have this, you know, this many kids and, and this, that, and the other thing. And it was a great conversation. We, you know, handshake, high five, went on our way. A few days later, I get a text from him. Hey, Rob, can we get together again? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That was great. Let's do it. He's like, okay, good. He said, because I was not truthful with you at all when we got together the last time. He's like, I got a lot I got to talk to you about. Okay, let's do it. We get together a couple days later. I get to where we are. I don't even get my seat pulled out yet. And he just starts pouring his heart out to me. Rob, I've been struggling with this addiction for as long as I can remember. I had to quit my job because of it. It's created this wedge between me and my wife. I don't even have a relationship with my son anymore. This, this thing is killing me. It's destroying me. And we talked for hours that day. And he just poured his heart out. He went beneath the surface with me. I prayed with him. We, we talked. And, and you know what? I left that day completely different than the last time I had met with him. You know, that first time where we got together and we, we just talked about, hey, married, kids, job, that was nice. And I felt connected. But when we poured our hearts out to each other that next day, I left that time feeling closer to him than I ever had. And that's what happens in our lives when we allow God in beneath the surface when we bear our burdens to him, when we pour our hearts out to him, when we let him see what he already has seen, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then you will see your conversation with him go to places that I promise you, you've never seen. So David bears his burdens. And I love David's response after this. Look at these next sections of verses. Verse 23, he says this. He says, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I think for many of us, we, this, is, this gets to the point where we stop in our prayers, right? Some of us might say, okay, well, you know what? I, I pray and I know that God is big and that God is great. And so I tell him that. And then I even tell him, hey, there's, there's stuff going on around me that's making me uncomfortable. But then usually our prayer stops there. But David's didn't, and ours shouldn't either. Because what David then does is he calls for conviction in his heart and in his life. Notice that David says, God, I want you to examine me. I want you to examine my heart. I want you to examine my ways. I want you to show me what's offensive in me and lead me out of it. What's he saying? God, show me, what, show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm at fault. Show me how I need to change. Show me what I need to do differently. 
I wonder how many of us actually have that conversation with God. Probably a lot less than you would think. I don't know about you, but I am really good at pointing out what other people need to do to change. I'm not so good at asking God what I need to do to change. I know I make the joke a lot, but marriage is what, what we do, right? And, and I'm really good at being like, wow, God, you know what I see in my wife? Here's the list of things that you need to get on her for. <laughs> and I'll tell you, my wife's amazing and she's not here, so I can say this part. That list, in my opinion, is way long of the things that I need God to change in her. Then I make the list about myself. God, I just need strength. I just need patience. I just need perseverance. God's like, no, you need to open your eyes and realize that you have a whole lot of things that you need to change about yourself. Are you going to let me do it? We need to be willing to call for conviction in our lives. We need to be willing to open our hearts, to pour out our souls, to bear our burdens to our creator and say, God, here's where we're at in life. Here's what's going on. What in me needs to change? What do I need you to correct? What healing do I need you to bring? And Father, bring it to me. Show me where to go. Show me what to do. I'm on the way. <clears throat> I think one of the biggest lessons we need to learn when it comes to having a healthier conversation with our creator is that we must be willing to invite the presence of God to work in us and not just for us. Let me say that again. We must be willing, if we truly want a more intimate connection with our creator, to invite the presence of God to work in us and not just for us. We are so good at giving God the laundry list of things we want him to do for us fix this, repair this, provide this, change that, don't let this happen. Again, are those bad prayers? No, God wants you to pour out your hearts to him. But they shouldn't ever stop there. If they stop there, so will the connection with your creator. But when we acknowledge the access that he already has, and we bear our burdens by going beneath the surface, and we call for conviction in our lives. We ask God to show us what in me needs to change. What in me needs to look more like you? And we listen and we let him lead us. Then I promise you with all my heart, you will see a connection with your creator that you never knew existed. So as we close, I wanna, I wanna encourage you if, if you want to take your relationship with your heavenly father to that next level, if you want that healthier connection, that healthier conversation with him, will you try this this week? 
Will you try this? Take some time, intentional time to sit down and acknowledge the access that God has in your life. Acknowledge who he is. Acknowledge the fact that he is your ever-present help in your time of need. Acknowledge the fact that you have never had a second of your life that God was not present in. And then go beneath the surface with him. Get real and raw with him. Let him see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because if you acknowledge the access first, you know what you'll find when you get to that part? He already saw it. And guess what? He still loves you in, the, in spite of it. So you don't have to hide from him. You don't have to deny the access. He already has it. It's not ours to deny. And then call for conviction in your life. Ask him, stir my heart, God. See what's in me. See what's in me that needs to change. And help me change it. You know, there's a, a list, you could look it up online, of the top social fears that people have in society today. You know the number one social fear in, in the world today? Public speaking. You know the number two? Death. People would literally rather die than have a conversation. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Look it up. Not much further down the list, you know another social fear? Not that far from death. Initiating a conversation with someone. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't know how to talk to them? What if there's that awkward silence? What if I put my foot in my mouth? I'm sure you've been there. So I find it fascinating that, that two of the top social fears in the world have to do with conversation. And I believe that translates into our conversation with our creator as well. I believe those fears. What if I say the wrong thing to God? What if I, what if I tell him something and it freaks him out? What if he knew the thought that I had about that coworker? I can't say that. Let me just share one more quick thing. You probably already know this, but I'll remind you. There is nothing that you will ever say in a conversation with your creator that will catch him off guard. Nothing. You will never sit down to pray and say something and God will be like, whoa, I did not see that coming. It will never happen. He's already seen it. He was already there when it happened. And he's already on the other side of it waiting for you to work through it. So don't be afraid to initiate the conversation. Don't be afraid to engage with it. Don't be afraid to let God in. Because when you do, that's when you will see your prayer life go from here to here or here to here. And I know for some of us, it's intimidating to think about praying. I get it. And I'll leave you with this. For many of us, praying feels like to have a conversation like this, like a real honest conversation with God, feels like we're really gonna have to go out on a limb. 
It's unfamiliar for us. It feels wobbly and scary and, and not comfortable. But I'm going to steal a quote from the great Will Rogers. And he said this, don't be afraid to go out on a limb. It's where all the fruit is. And so can I encourage you to take these conversations with your creator, go out on the limb, acknowledge his access, bear your burdens, go beneath the surface and call for conviction and watch how he meets you in that place and watch how he draws you closer to him than you've ever been. That's all he's ever wanted from you is that connection with him. So let's go after it.